Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 15 Minute You, the official college football podcast of your morning commute. I'm Evan Wazork. That's my brother, Matt. 30 seconds of uh, 50 cent there. Evan, feeling a little uh, luxurious today. I mean, you know, that's my middle school. Middle school Evan would love that we're incorporating this into his podcast. Man, middle school Evan, what, what a time to be alive. He was a character, man. He was a character. Anyways... As you folks know, we've been breaking down Amazon's All or Nothing about documentary about the University of Michigan Wolverine, so we'll get that to, to that in a minute. But a couple headlines to discuss in the college football world this week. Matt, I got two things for sure. you. First, and both are unfortunately kind of Michigan-related, but it's my show and we can talk about whatever I want. Okay. Um, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines, the last two weeks, or two weeks, last two years, you know, went to Italy. This year they're in Paris uh, doing these, what are essentially advertisements for recruiting trips. Although, as we've discussed on this podcast, I feel like the players on these trips probably learned some things and there's nothing wrong with traveling if, as long as taxpayer dollars aren't paying for it. Anyways, you know, I feel like people malign the Wolverines for doing this, get a lot of hate. Oh, you know, they're Hollywood, blah, 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 blah. Did you know that our Cleveland's own Case Western Reserve University Spartans today played a football game in Italy against the Milan Rhinos? Fun fact. The Case. They beat them 41 to 6, if anyone was interested. But what are your thoughts on this Case Western trip to Italy? I think it's you trying to deflect from the fact that. Jim Harbaugh and Michigan are Hollywood. Cool, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm just is saying, that not wrong? I don't. Do you're you're going to come at Case? Come on, they they are. I'm not coming at Case. You are. You did. You put it. You, you just put them on blast. No one. You put the. You, no one. No one except us are talking. You about took it. the hit stick to a D three program. Uh, it's Hollywood, man. I that that's their mo and. Yeah, I'm just saying no one's like, uh, is this an appropriate use of Case Western's funds to send their football team to Italy? No, no one's saying that. I mean, when you ask for all of the eyes to be on you and you do the things that Jim Harbaugh does and you meet the Pope, you go to Italy, you go to France, you have signing with the stars, you got to deal with the with the negative reactions as well. What a lame response. (laughs) Second topic. Jim Harbaugh. He's in Toledo a couple nights ago. Uh, Fun fact, he got the key to the city. Toledo is an interesting sub-dynamic of the Ohio-Michigan rivalry. We should probably do a podcast on Toledo one day. There's any Michigan fans that live in Ohio, they live in Toledo. Or or in the Wazork household. But that's about (laughs) it. Or it's still early. Anyways, he had mentioned to – well, he got this – fielded this question from, you know, the reporters there. Yeah. Um, they had the Amazon – they had the film crew accompany them to Paris, although I guess they haven't made a decision if the crew is going to accompany them all year long. And he had said he wants to see if 
they can get Michigan players $1,000 worth of Amazon stock as a way to compensate for them. Wow. Kind of like a deferred payment. Thoughts on the matter? Yeah, he said that as an option. I mean, the bigger the the whole answer was that he thought if they do a season two, that payers ne- players need to be paid in some way. Uh, he said Amazon stock was an option. I mean, cash is an option. Uh, obviously, delayed till after graduation, but that's not really an idea that's been floated too much. Although it could work, right? Yeah. Than current NCAA structure. Speaking of people getting paid, Todd Grantham is now the third assistant coach to make over a million dollars this upcoming season. Good for him, man. So if that's happening, I don't think that. Who are the others? Do you know? Off the top, not to put you on the spot. Uh, it's the two Alabama assistants. Right, right, right. So if that's happening, I, I think. Coach is on to, on to a good point. Uh, I don't, yeah, I'm sure they could negotiate that in, in, in the deal, or they could just negotiate it for straight cash. Uh, the NCAA would probably, I, I think, just pay them. And then, what, it'll take the NCAA seven or eight years to, to come up <laughs> to with, sort a, it out. With, with their response. Everyone will be gone, including likely Harbaugh. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just do it. Whatever. NCAA, no way will they sort that out. <laughs> and Amazon, you know, they're looking at that second headquarters. They can certainly afford a thousand dollars a player. I'm of that. I'm sure Jeff Bezos could probably write that check personally. Sure. So, so other breaking news in college football world: the NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel decided that only twenty people may be on headsets per sideline this fall. Do you have any idea how the logistics of that works? Where, like, like how are 20, is it like a walkie-talkie where I can tune to different channels? Or can multiple people be on the same channel? Like, 20 to me seems like an outstanding number of people on a headset during a game. Yeah, when I read that, I was surprised. Because, like you said, 20 seems outrageous amount seems like you're just asking for confusion i would like just kind of think you just want i don't like maybe the core like who's got talking privileges is an interesting question because it was just like the head coach and the coordinators have talking privileges and everyone else can kind of listen in but yeah i wouldn't want it so it said uh talking regardless uh, head coach all assistant coaches graduate assistants four players and one student working in a can't 100% 100% remember the phrase. I want to say non-coaching role. Mm-hmm. But then the example they gave was that you do something with the play charts. That seems like it's a coaching role, but uh, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I think they break it up. But then, like, you probably want everyone. You don't want the head coach flipping between channels. That seems ineffective. So they're probably all. They're all. No channel. way. All 20 at once? You think Harbaugh's flipping back and forth between channels no oh you couldn't see Saban like being completely annoyed with the defensive coordinator and just silencing that channel being like mm, okay <laughs> no, actually not gonna listen to this channel like coach i told you in the third quarter there, we needed to go like to cover just... two nick's like oh you know what i forgot to switch over my bad <laughs> i'm just saying 
You got 20 people on the microphone. It's just asking for, like, a grad assistant to be like, uh, well, excuse me, Coach Harbaugh, I think uh, we should run the ball here. And he's just like, oh, okay, cool guy. Like, who are you? Right, right. So, all right, let's talk uh, episode six, 51%. Episode six, 51%, hence why we went with 50 cent. A lot of 50 cent. Let me ask you right off the bat, because it opens up, well, it doesn't immediately open up, but in an early scene is Harbaugh on his podcast with his dad, the Attack Each Day podcast. We're podcasters, Harbaugh's podcasters. We have that in common with him. How many times have you ever listened to the Attack Each Day podcast? Oh, I'm a, I'm a weekly listener to the Attack Each Day. Really? Listen every episode. Yep. I've not listened to a single episode. Wow. Throwing shade at. Uh, I just. I don't know. So my thought is like it's wow. like. <laughs> Nothing gets horrible. Evans like I all right. Think- now that I've attacked uh, Case, I'm coming for Jim. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Okay. I just think it's like. Like the Cleveland Browns have like staffs, staff sports writers, yeah. quote unquote, that like write articles about the Browns and like, yeah, I occasionally read them, but they're just like hype propaganda for the Browns and like I'm not getting any any real analysis. Yeah, I so, guess is that what the on the like? Attack Each Day podcast, Coach Harbaugh probably, as you can imagine, is not great in terms of sharing details. Not not big details guy. That's the other thing. Not a big yeah. like, uh, you know. Michigan loses to Michigan State. He's like, thought we fought hard. Hard fought game. And I was like, really? Just lost to a rival at home in a game that we could have won in the second half, and that's your only reaction? So if that's what you're looking for, Tacky Shea's not your podcast. The best person on that podcast is Jack Harbaugh and the Jack Talk section. That guy has... What is it? He, he just had... It's story time for him. It's either him like... Being a grandfather and taking care of Riley Crean or him in any of his stories. You know, him, he and his wife get married on the day of the Ohio State-Michigan game. And they take a break between the ceremony and the reception so they can watch the game in between. Classic. He coached high school, I think outside of Canton uh, in Ohio when he started. You know, him coaching at uh, Western Kentucky him coaching in Ann Arbor as an assistant. I mean, just stories and stories and stories. His son-in-law is also Tom Crean. So you can go on and on about different coaching tales you have to share. Uh, But that's the best part of the podcast. Is it kind of like Bill Simmons' podcast in that Bill just has, like, all of his boys on from, like, growing up and, like, they are now kind of? No. Have credentials to be sports. No, they have real they, people. They had Judge the Judy podcast, on they had nothing. one week. Yeah, no they did. way. Rick Flair. Rick Flair's been on there. Judge Judy's been on there. Uh, who, uh, ESPN dudes that are big Michigan fans have been on there too. Uh, have they ever had uh, what's his name? Rich Eisen. Yeah. Eisen's been on He's there. He's not at ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tune in, man. Check it out. Jack Talk. Best part of the uh, podcast. All right, I'll give it a shot. Second question I have. Why do you think they included that shot of Brandon Peters jogging at practice just making fart noises? <laughs> that was so weird. I was like, <laughs> he, such... he does that eight what times. What are you doing? The camera just like follows him like really intensely. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm kind of – we have two left. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fading on this documentary a little bit. Uh, yeah. 
what's not doing it for you? If you weren't such a diehard Michigan fan and you know the outcome of the season, would it be fading? I actually thought I wondered that today as I was watching episode six saying, you know what, maybe it's because I know too much about this that it's not fun for me. But episode six is a lot of game highlights. Like a mm-hmm. lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. and I already I watched this the first time. Now I'm watching a shorter version of this where we just basically mop up to absolutely mediocre to bad teams. Episode six goes through victories at Minnesota or against Minnesota and uh, at Maryland. And Michigan finally gets the run game going. Cron Higdon's going. Evans is going. Peters is keeping the offense moving, but just not really being mediocre. Not really competitive games. And I don't know, man. You know, I, I haven't been a big fan of the way they've used Mark Harmon in this series. So I'm out on that. I'm out on t- too much game film. I, I, all right. So if you're not a Michigan fan, though, who's watching this? Like, college football fans who probably also already know the outcomes. The reason that this is interesting is because you guys have behind-the-scenes access that we don't have. I I need more of that per episode than, like, this just game recap. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, A lot of the things that I thought were funny or interesting were all from practice or, you know, in the locker room, like, things that we would not have seen on TV. So totally agree with that. One of those things was Wilton Speed is in the – He's like in a pool doing some physical therapy yeah. or whatever. Talking about Did his you dad catch bod. that line? He's talking, talking about his dad him bod. And, him, and, Tom him and Tom Brady, Brady have two of the greatest dad bods of all time. He gets out of the pool. And then he like, said, my girlfriend's hotter than Giselle. He did? Like, well played, Wilton. Wow. Yeah, he did. That's probably made it back to his girlfriend by now. Um, smooth. Well done, Wilton. Well, well, because he had some work to do. Because she's like, I mean, did you think you played well? Because I did <laughs> <laughs> he, he's yeah. trying to shout back uh speak gets out of that pool i was like man you do have a dad bod yikes yeah, yeah dude. it's it's yeah. shocking how like you know i feel like we just kind of assume all football I, players are like in shape and granted wilton is injured but like Jay no. cutler also has an yeah. outrageous dad or bod. like he's a professional we, we've had some michigan Tom quarterbacks Brady recently with some with some dad bods like like chad henny my man. Chad had a belly. My, had a belly. My, my man's. My man's had a dad bod. But then, like, yeah, it's it's wild, the, the range. Like, think about, uh, we talked to Patrick Tolles, and he mm-hmm. wanted, uh, I'm going to mess this up, different quarterback. It was Tolles. Somebody was like, I went to a camp at Virginia, and was like, oh, no, it's Perry Orth. Perry Orth goes South Carolina quarterback. Goes to the uh, Virginia camp, wants to get recruited, and is not tall enough. And they were just like, like he's like six two, six three, and they were just like, nah, yeah. doesn't fly. And that was it. He's just like, you can have all the tools and speed and whatever. And they were just like, you know what, you're too short. But I, I don't get how a guy that is like, you're like, well, yeah, but Chad Henney's fine. His body type, right? Because that's what those coaches were evaluating him on. Just body yeah, type, right? Yeah. Height. So Chad Henning's fine. But then Denard Robinson and Lamar Jackson, two just like ripped dudes. Like they're also fine. How, how are those? It doesn't jive for me that like Speed, uh, Jackson, and Henny are all in the same category. Inexplicable. I cannot explain. But Worth is out. Like, nah, dude, you can't make it. What? Really? 
Um, another line, last week we talked about how Peters was kind of plaze with his emotion. Then you notice yeah. that episode six picks up right with that fact where Pep and Harbaugh are both challenging Peters to be more of an emotional leader with the team. And he just isn't. Well, he, you, I thought you, throughout the episode you saw him try to do more. No, it doesn't come naturally to him. You're right. That's not a natural yeah. go-to for him. He's not, a, he's not a big swagger dude. But I did think he at least tried to have more command in the huddle and be like, all right, let's go. Let's score. We're going to do this and at least sound more confident. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting um, kind of on that, you know, Peter's, so this is his first start. Uh, and there was this narrative, and Tom Harmon even said it, although he didn't say this was the narrative of the season, but he was like, with Brandon Peters under center, what he said, with Brandon Peters under center, Michigan posts up two of their most offensively productive games of the year. Um, and I thought that that was a narrative that we saw in the media, like, oh, you know, they put Brandon Peters in, yeah. and the offense really sparked and got rolling. But watching the documentary and like reflecting on last season, it really wasn't Peters, though, right? It was... Karan Higdon and Chris Evans taking well, it. Well, that, that's true, provide, and, and it's hard to know. Gave, took pressure off Peters, um, and just the whole offense started clicking. It, it really wasn't the quarterback, in my opinion. But Peters was connecting when he had to. It was making plays when he had to, whereas we O'Corn wasn't before that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great when you have the luxury on third down to run or pass because you know you have three yards or less to go and you've either made a short pass in an early down or like the running game has gotten the ball going uh evans and higdon just had huge plays in those two games like 50 60 yard touchdown runs there were five Mm -hmm. in i think in the maryland game alone i was just like man thank god both those dudes are back yeah, same. Uh, Chris Evans said, you know, I don't know when the last time Michigan's had two backs with 150 yards yeah. apiece. Um, I went, I thought it may have happened with Mike Hart when, like, Brandon Miner was his backup yeah. or maybe when Miner was starting and Carlos Brown was his backup, but it never happened with them. I don't know when. It, so it's before that, you know, mm-hmm. if we're counting, he's not counting quarterback as a back technically. It, Definitely happened with Denard. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I bet it was, like, in the 70s when they were running, like, the wishbone. I remember Anthony Thomas. The last time for, that happened. He had 50 carries in a game. But if he had 50, I can't imagine that another running back had enough carries to yeah. get enough yards. That's another era that we could look at for that. What did you think about the – before the Maryland game, it's at Maryland, so obviously – Coach Harbaugh's older brother, John, current head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, comes in to the Michigan team meeting and does a little pre-day pep talk. What was your reaction to that? I I thought it was good. Uh, He kind of talks about how, like, Michigan Michigan players have a reputation in the NFL to, like, work hard and, like, be on time and, you know, attack each day with enthusiasm unknown to mankind kind of gist. Yep. I thought it was a good speech. I thought, like, they didn't really show the players' reaction to it very much, which I thought was a little weird because uh, that's something I would be interested in, like how they took yeah. it. Um, but, I mean, if I had been a Michigan football player sitting in the crowd, I probably would have been pretty pumped about it. Yeah, how often do you think 
it comes up it, when they're having family time that, uh, hey, Jim, remember that time we went head-to-head in the Super Bowl and I won? <laughs> uh, I mean, every now and then, I would imagine, because I would definitely bring it up. Yeah, and that's the ultimate trump card, right? Especially as soon as Jim starts mm-hmm. getting a little hot, you're going to be like, actually, we already sorted this out one time. We went head-to-head. Biggest stage in the world. I won. Not, no biggie. Do you think he comes back, though, with like, but you guys had that blackout that saved you? Probably. Because the 49ers had some momentum. John and then, probably like, just the lights suspiciously went out in the stadium. Like this. Just like, Sorry, what did you say? The shine's so bright in my eyes, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't follow you. I was distracted. I was distracted. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Kron Higdon driving a Mustang? You know, I've been on the alert. <laughs> On the lookout for things that should we be sketched out by this? Should we be sketched out by that? He's got a like a brand new Mustang. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not brand new. Look, it did look worn. Uh, I saw that too. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Hey, man, pay- players should get paid. So if he got him somewhere, good for him. His daughter is also one of the one of the MVPs uh, behind, closely mm-hmm. behind Rashawn Gary's mother, but probably like one A and one B uh, MVPs. Love. She was very entertaining throughout. Adorable. Uh huh. It like makes you want him to get drafted. Do do which I'm sure he will. He's a beast. Um, oh, you know what? A mystery was solved on this episode. Okay. Um, we had talked previously, I think, a couple times now. Who decides like run versus pass? Like Drevno is the run coordinator. Pep Hamilton is the pass coordinator. But like, who decides mm-hmm. which one calls the play? And I think at, at a point in the Minnesota game. Uh, Pep was like, let's throw the ball. I, it was like third and one or something. And then he was like, no, never mind. Let's not get cute. Let's run it. So based on that line, I'm assuming Pep Hamilton, they're probably co-coordinators, but like at the end of the day, you can't have two captains of a ship. So I don't know Pep if that's hundred percent true. Run no. versus pass. I still, I, I don't know why you're on this. Like Drevno is the offensive coordinator. He's the co-offensive coordinator. Well, he's now no longer in Michigan, but true. He was the co-offensive coordinator. Co meaning two. Is that true? If you didn't know that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, folks. That's all we have for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Joining us on another edition of 15 Minute You. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcast app, Google Play, wherever else you get your fine podcasts. Remember, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And we would sincerely appreciate it if you could give us a rating. Yes, we would. If you'd like to reach out to us, we'd be happy to take any feedback you have at Gmail, 15 Minute You, or on Twitter at 15 Minute You, or Evan underscore 15 Minute We'll be back next week with episode seven. Until then, folks, remember, don't pick them like my brother. And don't pick them like my brother. Doing something new with the haircut, I see. In what way? Looks like you're getting the sides lower. You used to just get the same thing all around. Doing a little fade this is, up at the top. This is what I normally get, a uh, one and a half on the side. Huh. I don't know if I've ever noticed it till right now. The top trim. Looks good. Got it. Looks Thank good. you. Yeah. Just got it yesterday, so maybe it's a little fresher than normal. Mm-hmm.